for God to guide a parked car. If you are here today and you are sitting in park, you are not moving anywhere. It is impossible for God to do what he wants to do. So if you're that person, whether it's in your employment status, your spiritual life, the ministry, if you are doing nothing, it's very challenging for God to do what he wants to do in your life. As a parent, there are times when you'd like to make your kids do what you want them to do. (laughs) You know what's best for them, but they don't see it. When they do whatever it is you want them to do, they receive the benefit from doing the deed. Pastor Daniel will show that although God could force you to obey him, he won't. You'll be shown that a lot of the reasons Abraham was so blessed through his life was that he chose to obey God right away. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Genesis chapter 23. As he continues his message, Sarah and Rebecca. So Abraham calls the servant and he says, please put your hand under my thigh. Now, I mean, I laugh because it's totally weird, but this was a Near Eastern custom. We see it again in Genesis chapter 47. They call it the bodily oath. And the significance of the hip. The idea is under your leg, that's where your power is. So by putting your hand under their thigh, you're saying, look, by all of your vital power, I'm going to do this. Now, I know it's weird, and I'm kind of grateful that we just roll with a handshake and an email. But hey, it's a different culture, you know? Someone will look back on us doing a handshake and an email, and they'll say, man, those people were weird. But this is how they did it. He put his hand under his thigh. Look what he says in verse 3. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you. And you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. So you see what's going on here. Abraham's saying, look, I want you to go, and I want you to grab a wife for my son. And the servant, he's smart. He's thinking, what if I go all the way down there, and the woman won't come? Should I take Isaac back with me? And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't bring my son back there. He said, if you find her and she won't come, then you're released from the oath. And the servant's like, okay, I can do this. It's interesting. Abraham did not want his son to marry a daughter of the Canaanites. 
The Bible teaches, and I talked about this. I did my best to be very clear about this. The Bible teaches that not any guy or gal will do. That we should be waiting, if you're single, for God's best and not accept any substitutes. It's too important. Abraham wasn't even playing around. He's like, I do not want my son to be marrying one of these women who do not know my God. He's like, don't do it. No way. No way. Don't do it. So he makes this oath. Verse 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hands. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. You like this. So he travels there. He brings 10 camels. He shows up as a well where all the gals show up and he's thinking to himself, okay, he's putting himself in a good position here. He's using his brain. Now look at what happens. We pick up here. He starts praying in verse 12. Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Now, I need to make a point here. The well is a great place to find a bride. It happens a lot in the Bible. Now, what's the well? I would say that in our day and age, the well is church. It's where we drink deep of the wells of salvation, the water of the word. You guys, the best place to find your wife is in a worship service. The girl you want to marry is going to be a worshiper. You gals, if you're single, ignore all the guys at church. Just focus on the main attraction, which is Jesus. And I guarantee you, gals, if you are just loving on Jesus, you're going to have lots of guys who are going to be interested in who you are. And a guy who's not interested in who you are because you're a radical Jesus-worshiping girl, you don't want to be with that guy anyway. Can I get some amens for that? I mean... Come on. I'm really enjoying this servant because there's two things that are going on. This servant comes and says, you know, God of my master Abraham, hook me up today. I'm like, I'm all the way here. And know what he does? He prays a specific prayer. He says, look, I'm going to ask somebody for water. And I want her to say to me, not only will I give you water, but I'll give your 10 camels water too. Because what's he looking for? He's looking for a servant. He's not looking for a girl who'll be like, give you water, I'll break my nail. You know? And just so you know, camels could drink a lot of water. So water and 10 camels was not like a small gig. So he's like, he wants a gal who will not only give him water, but also like rotor till the yard. That's a job. Like a gal with a jackhammer, like, you know, getting the concrete broken up. This is his request. He wants a girl who's not just going to just do enough, but who's going to go the second mile. And know what I love about this? He keeps using this word kindness. 
And it's the Hebrew word chesed, which literally means covenant faithfulness, loving kindness. It's that word for the people that God has a covenant with. And he keeps saying, show my master Abraham this covenantal loving kindness, this chesed. That's a deep word in Hebrew. So he's saying, look, I'm going to ask somebody for water, and I want her to be this radical servant girl. And then I'll know. When was the last time you prayed a specific prayer? When was the last time you asked God for exactly what you wanted to see him do? You know what the radical thing about specific prayer is? Is that when God answers it, your jaw's on the floor. Like someone's got to come and like, you know, lift up your jaw for you. Me and Lynn just had something like this just recently where there was all these things. We're like, Lord, it has to be this and this. And when God answers those type of prayers, you're just like, Wow. Like, holy smokes, Lord. Like, you hear my prayers. So I want to encourage you. Pray specific prayers. Ask God for the things that you're wanting. Now, again, we ask God for what we want, and we always say, Lord, this is what I want, but what do you want, Lord? And if where I'm off, will you adjust my heart to yours? But don't be scared to ask for specific prayers. In verse 15, it says this, and it happened before he had finished speaking. Don't you love that? And it happened before he had even finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin, no man had known her. And she went down to the well filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. And she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So before he's even done praying, which means that God sent this woman long before this servant even started to ask God for anything, before he's even finished with his four-sentence prayer, She's there, he sees her, and it's interesting is that Rebecca is drop-dead gorgeous. That is what verse 16 means. She was very beautiful to behold. She was a virgin. She had not known a man. She was young, she was beautiful, and she was pure. And the servant sees her, first gal he sees, and what does he do? He gets on his horse and he runs over to her. He runs over to her. Can I get a drink of water? She's like, sure. Drops her pitcher down, just gives it to him. And you know what? After he's sitting drinking, he's like, I'm going to water your camels as well. And it's interesting that as she's doing all this, she's running around, and it says in verse 21, and the man wondering at her remained silent as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Can you imagine the servant just being like, this gal is just like, he didn't even do anything, and she's running around trying to get this guy taken care of. And he's saying, wow, is this really the one? Now, look what happens in verse 24. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring 
weighing a half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrists, weighing ten shekels of gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, who she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We both have straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. So she finished watering, and he starts to hook her up with jewelry. That's what he's doing. He's taking out a nose ring, and some of you hipsters are like, nose ring, whoop, whoop, biblical. <laughs> some of the young people are like, whoop, whoop, you go faster, Daniel. <laughs> but he starts giving her the bride gifts. He starts adorning her. And isn't that what the Holy Spirit does with us? Don't miss this. The Holy Spirit adorns the bride of Christ with the goods of the Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is adorning your life with fitting things for the bride of Jesus. Beautiful, isn't it? And he asks her, who are you? And can I stay at your house? And she says, yep, I am from the family of Abraham. That's what she says. That's what that verse means. I am of the family of Abraham. And not only is there room for you, but we can keep your camels as well. So again, she's got a lifestyle of going the second mile. And he just bows down and worships. And look at what he says. So we pick up the story here. In verse 27, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. So he worships God. Notice what he says in the middle of verse 27. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me. Brothers, sisters, listen. It's impossible for God to guide a parked car. If you are here today and you are sitting in park, you are not moving anywhere. It is impossible for God to do what he wants to do. So if you're that person, whether it's in your employment status, your spiritual life, the ministry, if you are doing nothing, it's very challenging for God to do what he wants to do in your life. But like the servant, being on the way, the Lord led me. So get off of your seat and get moving. Say, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm up and I'm ready. Ready to go. And start moving in a direction. Being on the way, the Lord will lead. The Lord will lead. Now in verse 29, now Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran to the man by the well, verse 30, so it came to pass, when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebecca saying, thus the man spoke to me, and he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well, and he said, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and the place for your camels. Now we're introduced to Rebecca's brother named Laban. It's interesting that we're meeting him right now as opposed to anybody else. Why? Because Laban's going to play in big time with Isaac's chosen son, Jacob. Okay, so this is why Laban shows up. Laban sees all the jewelry and he gets excited. 
Laban is your quintessential worldly guy. He sees the gold, he sees the bracelets, and he's thinking to himself, where did this come from? And he shows up, oh, blessed are the Lord. Why are you outside? Come over to my house. So you see where his brain is at. And we're going to see more of Laban with this side of his life. In verse 32, then the man came to the house and he unloaded the camels and provided strong feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat. And we're all probably thinking that's probably good because it'd be worse if it was just set before him to look at. That's just a sin, isn't it? Just setting food before people just to look at. Anyway, sorry. I bring that up because we're having root beer floats after service. I'm already a little hungry. Do you guys know that? Root beer floats? After service, when you're walking out the doors, there's going to be root beer floats for you guys. Isn't that exciting? Say amen. (laughs) Can you imagine if this made me look at root beer floats? That'd be so awful. Cruel and unusual punishment for me. Verse 33. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told you about my errand. Oh, I love this servant. Like Jesus, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He's like, listen, before I start to eat, let me tell you what's going on. And they say, speak on. Verse 34, he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him he has given all that he has. Now my master made me swear, saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whom land I dwell. Verse 38, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family. For if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. In verse 42, And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water. It shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down to the well and drew water. I said to her, please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank, she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, who Milcah bore to him. So I put a nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or the left. Now, what is this? The servant just told his testimony. That's what he did. He said, look, this is what went on. And there's a very great place for your testimony when you talk to people. So he tells them the whole story. He recounts all of it. And he said, listen, is Rebecca going to come with me? 
That's where, so now we're at the question time. Will Rebecca come with this servant to go marry Isaac, the son of Abraham? Verse 50. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, this thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either good or bad. Here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be your master's son's wife as the Lord has spoken. Verse 52, and it came to pass when Abraham's servant heard the words that he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning and he said, send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least 10 After that, she may go. And he said to them, do not hinder me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go to my master. And they said, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. So look at what happens. He says, will she come? And they say, yes. And the servant just worship God, just worship God. And then he starts bringing out the gifts, the nose ring and the bracelets, tip of the iceberg. He brings out gifts for Rebecca. He brings out gifts for her family. And everyone's excited. They stayed the night. They rose in the morning. And the servant said, okay, it's time to go. And what does the brother and her mother do? Start to drag their feet. It was all fun last night when the gifts were coming. But now we don't want to lose our daughter. And we've talked about this a lot. The servant is pushing for no delay. Immediate obedience. God has prospered me. Let's get this thing done. You know, and I think, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where there's a lot of dragging our feet that goes on in a lot of ways. You know, like, God has called us to something, but everyone's kind of like, man, a little longer, just 10 more days. I mean, what's 10 days, really? The servant's having none of it. He's not having any of it. He's like, let's go. And they say, listen, let's call Rebecca and ask her. Now, look at verse 58. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent away Rebekah, her sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, his men, and they blessed Rebekah. Do you see that? Other people are dragging their feet, but not the bride of Isaac. They don't want her to go, and she says, let's go. And they blessed her. Now, what I want to do is I want to stop, because I don't want to run through 60 to 67, because there's a prophecy over Rebecca. So I'm going to pick that up in the next study so that we don't just kind of fly over it in the last minute. But you see what's going on here. God was preserving his blessings on Abraham through Isaac. And God sends his servant to find Isaac a bride. And she is a great catch. She's a great catch. And God worked in supernatural ways. As Pastor Daniel taught the Bible's transition from the matriarch Sarah to the future matriarch Rebecca, there was a whole lot of faith on display here. You have the faith of Abraham and God to lead his servant, then the servant's faith in God to help him complete his task. You have the faith of Rebecca that what this stranger told her and her family was true. And above it all, God is leading and directing their lives. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. 
We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will be starting his teaching, The Shift. The focus of the story will begin to transition from Abraham and Sarah to Isaac and Rebecca. You'll hear about Rebecca's leaving her family and beginning her new life with Isaac. Pastor Daniel will show you the different aspects of godly behavior and how that behavior is displayed in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Rebecca. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Patriarchs. Next time, until then, may God bless.